Hello everyone and welcome to Clarity, a podcast series designed to create a safe space for conversations and reflections. I'm your host, Janvi Gurja, a curious people observer, an executive coach and co-founder of Vital Science Advisory. In today's episode, I'm in conversation with two very special guests, Honorable Justice Shivraj Patil and his son, Dr. Sharan Patil. Join me as I explore their inimitable father-son chemistry, creativity, and camaraderie. What makes both of them sync so well is their fascinating minds converging without fail as they consciously choose to be impactful, relevant, earnest, humble, compassionate, and above all, ever ready to serve the community with grace and gratitude. A notable humanitarian, philanthropist, and most importantly, a recent and highly resilient cancer survivor, Honorable Justice Shivraj Patan served as the Chief Justice of the High Court of Rajasthan and went on to serve as the Judge of the Supreme Court of India. Prior to attaining superannuation in 2005 January, Justice Patil pronounced landmark judgments in multiple cases and served the people of India with uncompromising fairness and justice. Since his retirement from government service, he has been the member of the National Human Rights Commission, acting chairman of the National Human Rights Commission, led the one-man commission of the 2G Spectrum for the Government of India, and the chairman of the core committee to prevent child marriage in Karnataka. Even as we speak today, he continues to work long days in advisory roles for the government and for industry bodies. Dr. Sharan Patil is the chairman and chief orthopedic surgeon of Sparsh Group of Hospitals. Akin to his father, Dr. Sharan Patil is also a philanthropist and a pivotal curator of not only redesigning healthcare, but also in pioneering initiatives to make healthcare accessible and affordable in India. In addition, Dr. Sharan Patil was bitten by the bug of entrepreneurship in 2006, and ever since then, he has been offering world-class medical treatments at all his hospitals, curing millions of people from India and overseas through his mantra that cure cannot be worse than the disease. Both father and son are highly decorated and rewarded for their luminous contributions in the fields of law, justice and medicine. They have many firsts and many bests in their glorious careers and lives. In fact, the list of their achievements and recognitions are so exhaustive that I often wonder what size of room would be adequate to display their awards? And the answer is that there is never enough room because they're forever receiving one award after another continuously. My listeners, if you want to know more about these two special guests, you can look them up on the internet and I guarantee that from Wikipedia to official sites to fan sites and to their personal web pages, you're going to find copious and most updated information on both of them. Neither of them are photo shy, nor are they afraid of public speaking. So rest assured, if you search for them on the World Wide Web, you certainly won't be disappointed. Welcome to Clarity, gentlemen. Thank you for joining me in this mini-adventure. A third reflective, a third confessional, and a third filled with fantasy about tomorrow, in the hope that our listeners re-inspire themselves to reconnect with the magic of life. Before I begin my conversation, here's a tiny disclaimer that could help ease your listening comfort. I will refer to my two guests, 
Justice Shivraj Patil as Justice Patil and Dr. Sharan Patil as Dr. Patil. Is that okay? Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Good. Right. It gels well. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Justice Patil, I believe that your autobiography, From Dust to Dignity, The Time Spent and the Distance Traveled, is written in both English and Kannada and is on the brink of being published soon. While I join a million other people in the long line to buy your book as soon as it hits the stands, right now, I am curious to know what motivated you to chronicle your life's journey? Uh, when I was born or grew up, I never thought that I'd be writing an autobiography mm -hmm. or I would be required to write one. That being the reason, I never uh, collected the material, never maintained a personal diary or kept the records. After the retirement and uh, during last 10 years, people who have seen me and my life, my growth, my work in various fields, the well-wishers started saying, you please write your autobiography. And including uh, one Suttur Swamiji of Mysore, mm -hmm. he said that your field of activity is not confined to law. You have served in various fields and knowing you, he said as he did, it would be appropriate that I write an autobiography sharing my experience for the benefit of the society. Then I have, uh, I, go, I, I also felt at that stage I should do that. One motivating factor for uh, me for writing the autobiography is that a, the knowledge acquired mm -hmm. and the experience gained, it just remains in one's mind, it becomes a storeroom. Okay. If the same is shared with others, it becomes a lighthouse. Fantastic. I thought uh, uh, in the last 83 years of my life, mm -hmm. whatever knowledge I have acquired, whatever experience I have gained, I must share. Maybe if this sharing, particularly youth, get some motivation, some inspiration, mm -hmm. I think I'll be getting a good reward. That is the purpose why I took up. And uh, as I said earlier, since I had not collected the material, mm -hmm. it, I needed time. But I was all the time busy. So during this last period of Corona, mm -hmm. and uh, I could get some time to collect. And I have now been able to complete. When I, I, was, uh, there were, I was in two minds. Some people said, you please write uh, biography, autobiography in Canada. Mm -hmm. Some said, you write in English. Uh, then I thought, why not both? So now my autobiography is almost ready, both in English and Canada. Mm -hmm. Possibly it will be released in a couple of months now. It will be lovely, sir, to read that. <coughs> and also if it's available as an audio book, it could help a lot of people right. to listen those who can't read can listen and can understand. So that will also be a lovely thing if you can. And it's it's just amazing how you are going to be sharing with us 
your experience yes. as well as recollection of these facts so vividly over so many years. That's right. So looking forward to that book, sir. That's right. Great. Great, sir. Sir. Right. <coughs> so, Dr. Patel, three years ago, you were in a dilemmatic situation wherein the odds weren't in your favor. Your father was diagnosed with cancer and you were playing the most difficult role, dabbling between the sentiments of a son and the objectivity of a clinician. How was that experience for you? Probably the most challenging one in my entire life. Um, it was uh, emotion uh, mixed with objectivity. Uh, so I had to play both the roles and switch from one to the other as frequently as it was needed. Uh, the first day when it was diagnosed, uh, it was full of emotions. Mm -hmm. uh, but quickly my, uh, my profession took over the need for objectivity. Um, I think it was a pretty intense, long battle uh, in terms of trying to get the best possible mm -hmm. uh, solution for the problem and the situation. Um, probably the biggest and the most intense battle uh, I have um, I have waged, I would say, uh, and I very believe. fortunate uh, mm -hmm. to be victorious in that. And he's, it's been three years now, he's disease-free. And um, uh, it's uh, nothing else has uh, made me feel as good as this. Phenomenal. Congratulations, sir, and Thank congratulations you. to you too, because it's, it's amazing. Um, I'm just, I think, um, in a very remote way, I, I witnessed um, how you and your whole family you know, took this on and it wasn't easy, but at the same time, emerging victorious, surviving cancer and fighting it, congratulations. Very, really well done and very, very inspiring. Fantastic. Good. So let's get, let's get into a little more, okay? Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask both of you uh, three, uh, a question that is common to both of you, and then there are going to be some questions that is going to be different. Okay? okay? You ready for it? Yes. All right. So I take for granted that for both of you, family, health, service, and integrity are non-negotiable, right? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Now, there are three other things, and I want you to rank in order of one, two, and three. Okay? I'm going to give you three words. Fellowship, fame, and fortune. Who wants to go first? Um, fellowship. Mm -hmm. That's one. Fame, okay. and fortune in that order. All right. And why would that be? Um, I, th I think... Uh, this this uh, I really believe life is all about relationships. Mm -hmm. Life is all about uh, how one stands for each other, mm -hmm. and uh, that's sacrosanct. And fame is a byproduct of what you do. And lastly, fortune um, used in the appropriate appropriate way could mm -hmm. be a, a very good weapon uh, to wage war against many evils. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, it's um, fellowship, fellowship fame, and then fortune. Good. And sir? Uh, same order I adopt. Okay. Because I, I have the same thinking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, I, in fact, uh, very much love to mamming the people always. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I would like to spend time, and I have been doing that with people. And fellowship I value because that gives me a lot of uh, happiness 
and uh, satisfaction when I talk to them, I listen to them. Uh, that's how uh, probably life becomes vibrant mm -hmm. when the fellowship is there. Otherwise, life becomes dull. Okay. okay. And uh, uh, second thing is fame. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly, the fame we will not change the fame. Probably the way we live our life mm -hmm. and whatever little we do in our life, mm -hmm. over the years an Im image is built of a person. Right. It is not a, an easier sudden thing mm -hmm. uh, which can happen. It will Fame to a person will come over the years of their consistent observation by the society. And if one gets that fame, Possibly that will be a factor which gives a sort of uh, satisfaction and also helps motivating further to do something better to the society. Uh, that's how I look at You look at And uh, mm -hmm. fortune, of course, is really it's a fortunate thing to happen to uh, everybody. And once we have that, that should be used or utilized for not only oneself, the family, mm -hmm. to the best of the abilities and within limitations to the society at large. Even that should be used. So, so both of you agree that fellowship is very pivotal and that gives you what you call as the privilege to serve society that's, and that's fame is a byproduct, <coughs> fortune is a byproduct, but it's most important to be connected and to be credible for what you're doing. Phenomenal. That's right. Great. That's right. Good. So, Justice Patel, I will read five words. I want you to choose two words, okay, okay among these that best describe your son, Dr. Patel. Yes. Is that all right? So, Justice Patel? Yes. Ambitious, altruistic, relevant, impactful, and resilient. He's yeah. all of those. Yes. But, but which two are the best? Ambitious and impacting. Impactful. Fantastic. And um, why do you say that ambitious and impactful? Just very, very briefly, if you can tell us about him, why? Uh, looking to his growth. Mm -hmm. And for that, I'll have to give a little background. Sure. One is focus, background, circumstances, and exposure. The person's vision and drive in life depends upon these factors which I mentioned. Mm -hmm. And in our family, he is the first doctor in the medical field, he is the first person in the family. And as an entrepreneur also, he is the first entrepreneur in our family, probably in the close circle of the family as well. And I can, I can pick up the vibration of your Pride and joy in what you're saying that, about yourself. That, that, no? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And uh, when he, madam, my, my speaking for myself, my focus was on the profession and not beyond that. Whatever profession adopted, I had to do well, that was the thing. But given background, family, economic situation, would never venture for any for entrepreneurship or industry, this mm -hmm. or that. Mm -hmm. That required vision and courage. And uh, I found in Sharon both. 
vision and courage and not stopping with that it's not enough to have vision and courage it must be performed mm-hmm. the delivery becomes very important so when he first of course being conservative or protective or with a safety wall we will know you do profession be comfortable and all that but he went uh, he went out of that bracket or box started his own in 2006 mm-hmm. and uh, one after the other one after the other he went on establishing the first group of hospitals so he was not satisfied with what he achieved at every stage and every milestone he was ambitious like was, a river uh, that's right like he was ambitious yeah. he wanted to do something further he wanted to do something more that's why uh, i i said on one of his birthday said uh, one must have three magical questions mm-hmm. to keep him driving further one is what next mm-hmm. second is what else and third is what more what next what else what more are the three magical questions that must be alive with everybody to propel them further or to achieve better i found in sharon all these things ever alive and active he went on these questions uh, may not answer these questions but he has proved by performance mm-hmm. that's why i can say very ambitious and 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 rightly so mm-hmm. when it comes to the impacting are impactful in the in that sense uh, not only in terms of the healthcare it has impact not only in the field of medical field or the health but on society as well and philanthropy as well and uh, the way he has shown his response to the social concerns mm-hmm. by way of parashvachana or guru namana maybe little later we'll speak about them sure. for the time being to show that definitely the the story of lakshmi yes lakshmi uh, lakshmi that story itself shows to support my point of impactfulness i think lakshmi's story is good enough in in addition to many other uh, impacting factors that have worked that's why i am clear he's ambitious I, and he's impactful i am clear perfect and i am clear and i confirm reiterate Mm-hmm. Sharon is very very ambitious and is also impactful in his actions. Fantastic. Over to you Dr. Patel. Five words, the same words, ambitious, altruistic, relevant, impactful and resilient. Which two words best describe your father? Resilience. Okay. And um, I'm missing or I got a little emotional hearing that what are the other things? ambitious altruistic relevant i think relevance and resilience uh, resilience are the two things which completely define him and because um resilience uh, is is other name mm-hmm. uh i have i've seen him all my years of growing up every time there's an adversity every time there is a challenge there's only one way he looks at it as positively and he is ready to work and uh, walk through the difficult times to successfully float on to the other side 
And this is not once, twice, but umpteen number of times he has done this successfully. And for this, I think his very basic nature of being positive mm-hmm. and um, taking up every challenge, uh, every every adversity as a challenge he needs to overcome, as if it's a test given by God for him to perform and go on to the other side. And that's the way he has led his life. And uh, for me, uh, that's very, very special. And that really defines the man. Wonderful. So you have ambitious, impactful, relevant, resilient, four out of five. I have to talk, talk about relevance. Yeah. yeah. And um, I've never seen a man um, trying so hard to be relevant even at this age. Mm-hmm. And we, we were driving down to your studio to do this podcast and uh, uh, it, it, the continuous conversation was about how do you stay relevant? How do you keep yourself updated to the context of today? Mm-hmm. And how you can contribute uh, where his thoughts through the conversation. So being relevant, I also strongly believe, is the only way uh, to be in this world, is be relevant. So both the qualities, uh, he's an epitome of both of them. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for that. That's such a lovely thing to hear. And altruism is something that I have personally witnessed both of you do through your multiple initiatives. So that's not something that cannot be mentioned over here. Just that you didn't choose it here, but it's something that I have witnessed. And I think many more people have witnessed your altruistic initiatives. You asked us to choose two out of five. Yeah, I did. And that's why (laughs) I'm just looking at. All right. So justice. Mathematically doesn't add up. I know. But I'm just (laughs) saying the altruism exists, right? So Justice Patel, my next question to you is work and life. Okay. How have you balanced it? Work Work and life. Work and life. Yeah. How have you balanced it? Basically, I am the person closely knit with the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was always conscious that they, there was and there is a need mm-hmm. to balance both work and family. One thing is clear. Each one may have one's own profession or workplace whatever they choose to. But uh, many, many people in the different professions, maybe a doctor or a lawyer or engineer or entrepreneur, whoever, they are so much immersed and involved in their own work, they think that their profession itself is life. Mm. But life is a larger canvas. Life is much more than profession and profession is a part of life. This was clear to me. But then balancing is when person is very busy in the profession, how much time one can give to the family. Uh, it also becomes very, very important. I have been trying always and mm-hmm. I have done my own way. Mm-hmm. Try to give the family time. Within the busy schedule also, I have been always giving time to the family. Whenever and wherever possible, possible and necessary. That's how we have done it. So it's been like a conscious move for you. Conscious. Certainly. certainly. I, I was always conscious 
and i was keen that uh, uh, as, as anybody else mm-hmm. will be mm-hmm. that family should be well children should come up they must do well they must be happy family and all that has been always there in the mind so i could give some time to the family nice sir. maybe offline i'll take a few tips from you on how <laughs> i can manage myself better like you okay. great dr patel one hears that you do too many things in a given 24 hour window so how do you keep regaining balance between work and life i i, I really think um i grew up with the concept there was a little play card in dad's office when i was growing up and it said work is worship um i think somewhere deep down it rubbed off and uh, work is very intoxicating work is pleasure work mm-hmm. is fun and um i'm 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 blessed with um, a situation where uh, where i have been able to integrate both mm-hmm. work and life uh, because i'm very conversant i keep it conversant between work and life mm-hmm. life means family and beyond friends and family and holidays and million other things your hobbies um one definitely uh, intertwines with the others and as long as all aspects in at work they know for me life is important mm-hmm. in life they know that work is important so i try and get everybody on the same page to to so that i can live both of it quite seamlessly and and you'd keep talking about both aspects to everybody and that helps absolutely um wow. I, i i i have to say that i'm i never get tired mm-hmm. of sharing my work experience with my life so to say and the other way around so it it, it is something which has really helped me and um, people have been able to know me better that way and and people understand when i have to prioritize one over the other wonderful great so which means that um nobody ever tends to misunderstand or you know um not know that you're busy at some place work or your family and they respect those boundaries of yours absolutely great and that's a learning you had because of the poster you saw in your father's office many years ago as a child well, work uh, is worship <laughs> true that good Good. All right. Let's um very very candid question. What is the single biggest quality, okay? Uh you wish you took away from your son or had, you know, from your son. One single biggest admirable quality that you wish that you could have from your son. And what is one quality about your son that you completely don't agree or like? Uh it's a question itself is a difficult question yeah yeah that how <laughs> to, to choose mm-hmm. uh, the one thing uh, the the best quality i have not only liked i have admired in my son is he has a balanced approach to men and matters whether in his work field or in the family that is the best quality blend and balance of even conflicting interests or claims in mm-hmm. both these places 
That's and, and, and that's something that you would like to pick up from him. Uh, possibly, uh, the difference is in the vision. Mm-hmm. I would like to pick up, he has an expansive vision. I'll just add something here. A person, each person has a vision. Mm-hmm. And that vision gets conditioned or uh, designed from the four or five parameters. Uh, the As I said a little earlier, background, circumstances, mm-hmm. the exposure, and one's own thinking. Right. And I, coming from my humble background, it becomes relevant for me to state here why I want to, on the best quality which I should have had. Mm-hmm. I come from a very humble beginning, from a village, a most backward area, no obvious advantages when I grew, etc. Mm-hmm. So my vision and my, uh, not vision, my exposure, my surroundings and background were limited. So I could only think of I should study, I should become a lawyer, then I became a judge. Entire thing went on like this. So more survival and linear instincts were In, there for you. That's that right. Yeah. So uh, again, that depends upon depending on yeah. circumstances. But in his case, mm-hmm. having had the advantage of the best education, and uh, having stayed in a city, la- better place in the cities, and having traveled abroad, having studied abroad, so his obviously his vision became very expansive. So I very much wish that even at my age, I should have had such a vision. Probably I would have done better in life. Wow! Wow! That is such an amazing thing to hear. And and I'm just thinking that you know uh, he. He busted the privilege of entitlement, which he could have taken for granted. And, and, and that's absolutely desirable. I mean, it's brilliant. So you could have taken that for granted, and I think that's great acknowledgement. Yes, yeah. highly deserving. Absolutely. So what's that one thing about him that you just get irritated about? Uh, I, I'm finding it difficult to search for it. <laughs> <laughs> to, be, so to be very frank, at least instantaneously. Even, even a small thing that you can remember, is it, you know, is there anything at all about your perfect son that you can find annoying? Uh, honestly speaking, no? it may sound exaggeration or may not be possible that way. Um, I, I don't think I'm able to find anyone. No pressure, sir. Absolutely no pressure. We'll we'll come to it when I you will, uh, at appropriate stage. Perhaps if something is there, I'll tell you. Certainly, thank you. But at the moment, I don't have. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Right. So, okay. Now, what is the same question to you? What is that one question or one trait, one aspect about your father that you still have not been able to imitate? I would say many, really, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, his extraordinary people skills is uh, something uh, uh, which is beyond my reach, really. I mean, his ability to listen 
his ability to converse and uh, um, put himself into many people's lives and see their problems. Probably being a judge has made him even better at that, but he's a very natural. People find a lot of solace talking to him. Uh, that's a quality which is uh, which I've always admired, and um, the amount of um, uh, the number of people who come to him for this kind of a he, he just listening is uh, and intently listening is his greatest skill, which I I could never really have, and that's one thing I completely admire. And what annoys me mm -hmm. is equally the same. He has got this priority of listening to everybody else and he prioritizes that over going for a movie with us or <laughs> doing something fun with us because his priority is still much, his family is much bigger than the nuclear family of ours. So he's got huge number of admirers and uh, the number of people who adore him mm -hmm. uh, also take away a lot of our time from him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I, I for one, am a big fan of yours, sir. So, okay, uh, sir, Justice Patel, this question is for you. Okay, and I mentioned your son talking about um, adversity earlier, your resilience to life. I want to know how do you befriend adversity? I joined the profession of law mm -hmm. at the age of 23. When I joined the bar, there were hundreds of lawyers and few of them were very eminent. Among them, one, a very brilliant, popular and competent lawyer having maximum work at the place called Gulbarga, where mm -hmm. I, I started my practice. I had uh, in my mind, of course, that I, that I have all along I have been I have been so. I used to respect elders. Okay. The first day when I joined the profession, I had made up my mind to respect every senior in the bar. Even a person is one month senior to me, I still used to respect. Mm -hmm that I had made it a principle. So in that process, whomsoever I, I was greeting, I wished them or greeted them. This eminent lawyer who was so great at that time, whenever I used to greet him, he would not even acknowledge. Mm -hmm. Out of three, four times, at the most, he would just nod his head like this with his own pride. Normally, if you look to the pattern of behavior of youth, if somebody does not acknowledge or does not respond, the hot blood, they would immediately get annoyed or angry and say, normal reaction would be, why do I care? Why should I care? He is also a lawyer, I am also a lawyer, could have been the mental makeup. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, in my case, it was a different angle. Firstly, I thought, oh, if he is not acknowledging my greetings, possibly I am too small a man. I have not grown to catch his attention or the eyes. And then I resolved myself within my heart, all right, I should grow to that extent where himself one should come to me and acknowledge. 
that was a strong desire and resolution in me. I started working hard in mm-hmm. the profession and many times we had to face each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, when seniors are there, one tendency is element of uh, thinking, yes, I know, mm-hmm. or I can handle. Mm-hmm. That confidence is there. Sometimes they take, oh, the complacent also. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was a great challenge to face such seniors. I worked hard. Firstly, I used to accept the cases only. At least there were chances of success of 50%. Yes. And balancing cases. Then they would think, oh, he is a bacha. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was a great challenge. I used to work hard and see that I succeed. In that process, I was very successful case by, by case by case. And the public, this is open court. Right. People used to say, oh, look at this young man. He has one case again as such a great senior mm-hmm. man, etc. Mm-hmm. That grew. Mm-hmm. I'm saying this contextually. This In this process, I had a resolution to come to the top in that place in 10 years, but I was able to achieve it in nine years. Fantastic. And, and then that gentleman, mm-hmm. even even though he was not uh, acknowledging, but I never missed to greet him every day, whenever I came across. One day I was, talk, I was talking to somebody, but he came from behind and patted me and said, then he said, Mr. Patil, I have some work with you. I said, please tell me. He said, my son wanted admission in engineering college. Mm-hmm. In Gulbarga, we had engineering college run by the HKE Society. Right. And uh, I was a legal advisor. Mm-hmm. I said, please send your son tomorrow to the college. Admissions were not so complicated mm-hmm. or so tough as in and these days. Today, right? yeah. I said, you please send, I'll talk to the president of the society. Mm-hmm. He I talked to the president of the society. Next day, son got admitted in the engineering college. So the way I expected that within 10 years I had to grow and himself should come and talk to me, that happened. Instead of, I even now remember him. I acknowledge the fact that because of his uh, the behavior to, towards me, which was which made me made me to take it as a challenge to come up in life. Probably if that was not there, whether I would have been able to achieve within ten years was itself is a question. So that adversity, the, the 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 approach that he had towards me, I would have taken other way, being angry. But I said no, that adversity came and I converted into advantage this way. And and you continue to do this. I can I continue to do this. Whenever such adverse circumstances come, uh, my mindset is this. All right, accept it, either as a challenge, accept it to, to improve. Either way, if there is something wrong, accept it to improve. If not, try to overcome it and also take it and try to take that situation and convert it convert it to my advantage. That mindset still is there with me. I, I do that. And I really wish, especially the youth people who are listening to this, will take this away from you because I think this is um, 
it's it's such an important thing to to have this mindset to to kind of maintain and manage anger and hostility that comes right. when someone challenges or when someone discards us That's there's right. a lot of emotion which is negative That's right. and uh, what you said take it accept it improve upon it and move on you know overcome it i think um i'm going to keep this imprinted for me and i sure. I, i may just add sure sir uh if challenges or adversity come like that instead of being angry or have an vindictive attitude which are negative and if you spend time on that possibly will harm ourselves instead of spending on that negative aspects if you think in proper terms and use the same time for doing something better perhaps one gets benefited wonderful brilliant and this is like a real boost to a lot of people who are stuck and and stuck in the turmoil of negativity and vengeance and vindication That's thank right. you thank you sir for that dr patel specificity seems to be an ally for you right and is this a quality that you have picked up from your father's legal profession um i think i i zone in quite quickly um for me um cutting out the noise is very important for me to focus on what it really uh, what matters the most uh, I, i think it's it's it it is the way i have been able to um do the little uh, things i try and try and uh, achieve at workplace or even otherwise <laughs> Uh, that focus uh, seems to be the most important thing uh, somehow my rudder uh, seems to guide me to the appropriate uh, place and take away all that is a distraction and i'm 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 more or less uh, zone in specifically to what what i exactly want to do so, so is this something like a childhood observation that you picked up from your father um I, i not really no dad um for me it, this this is something which i haven't picked up from dad i should say because dad is not uh, he 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 tends to be socially that much more um distribute himself so to say mm-hmm. so for me um i i am more towards out uh, let me put it this way uh, he's a people's person i'm a task person i focus on the task and for me task is important uh, and i chase the task and people who are relevant for the task become important to me but for dad is much more equanimous and he's much more people's person so this is my own quality this is one thing probably uh, is one my own otherwise everything else is from dad So so metaphorically he is like the caregiver is the overall caregiver and you are the incisive surgeon yeah and and so that's not a quality may, may, maybe it comes from my profession i'm not sure possibly now i'm corrected from your profession of surgery and yeah. not from him as you know from his legal um profession i don't yeah that's i stand corrected i somehow thought that maybe you've picked up specificity from um your father but good i um that's that's nice to hear so so very very again um a question i want you to a little bit think and tell me your son has this habit of getting himself into positions of cliff hanging right very often these days and he takes up a lot of new ventures sometimes um you know he kind of 
calls out, shouts out, and then says, okay, now let's get the army. So he announces the war and then starts putting the army together, right? It's very brave and it's very adventurous. Does that scare you as a father? Uh, uh, of course, uh, in such situations or when people tell me about this aspect of him, when he shouts or this, when they work, uh, I also feel it could have been avoided. <laughs> And this could have been handled in a different way. Mm-hmm. But then, I feel satisfied in the sense, people to whom he talks or shouts at, they know him, they understand him. And that is only contextually for a moment and not it is character. So in the larger things, uh, are greater uh, what he performs or does, in that I get, doesn't matter, people who are under pressure of work mm-hmm. and so many um, things on their hand, uh, so many situations presented to them, possibly is human being, he is not God. Human being as he is, it is there, I think we can condone and it is... We, you want no i th- I, th- I think the the question was not understood yeah i would have gone to that yeah, not yeah. a problem yeah so i'll just tell you sir uh the question was sir, he usually okay announces that he's going to do something okay. and that's usually 10x of his own capability at that point hmm. it's always so for example if he's playing gully cricket he will declare that i'm going to play for india 11 next test match and then he will make it happen that transition time between him playing gully cricket and in very quickly in 18 months going and representing India can be quite a quantum for him. Okay. As a father, does that scare you is the question? So I'll okay. read it out yeah, again. Perhaps I misunderstood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, that's you said shouting, he immediately thought I shouted people. Sometimes he does that also. No, but you see how well he... Took you away from it. I would have gone to the question again, <laughs> but you didn't want anyone to know that. <laughs> not, no, not oh at all. God. I yeah. didn't want my dad to be not having understood your question. That no, I would have idea. asked him again. No, <laughs> <laughs> How protective. Absolutely protective. Question. Let me understand the question correctly. Yeah. Yes, sir. The question you are now asking me, hmm. what exactly you... And if we take up a project, want to do Yalanka, currently, to do that, currently, does that scare you that I take on too much? Ah, okay. and, and sometimes uh, the Financially... Risk, in all ways, we spoke about it, the risk levels. And yes. he also has very ambitious timelines, sir. Correct, so correct. he'll not just sit down... No. You know, when you were diagnosed with cancer, the seed of building a cancer care facility came up. And not yes. just the simple one. No. That's right. That's you know, he does everything in big style. So, that's right. as a parent, <coughs> sometimes, you know, we're always worried. My mom is constantly worried. That's right. Yeah, well, so that's I, my question. I'll, I'll answer that question yes, because now I have. You got it? Sir? No it. problem. Yes, I got it. No now. problem. I got it now. Yeah. I would have anyway gone there because he was giving us more in, insightful. I'm getting in, exposed. So. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. So, sir, Justice Patel, there are times when your son, Dr. Patel, tends to, you know, get himself into a cliffhanger position, which means that he tends to make big announcements about projects in a very ambitious way. And from his current position, that sound, it, it, it appears absolutely insurmountable. But somehow he's always been able to achieve them 
you know so with a lot of back stories and yet every time his um his vision gets even bigger and amplified so as a parent when your son puts himself in those cliffhanger positions does it scare you yes initially it was so mm-hmm. when he started uh, uh the first hospital in 2006 as i said earlier my focus my thinking and uh, uh the sense of security health etc all these concerns together uh, to put it other way both myself and my wife mm-hmm. we are conservative for us security and safety first and the concern also for the health of uh, his health mm-hmm. in the process i'll i'll put it little appropriately yeah as i said in the beginning in our family is the first doctor right and first entrepreneur in my life i did not borrow even 10 rupees from anybody even mm-hmm. in the trying circumstances i was afraid of taking a small loan mm-hmm. but when he started as entrepreneur he wanted as one after the other hospitals he wanted to establish when he was sharing that uh, he did not have the money ready money or the economic background was so strong that he could uh, take money from us mm-hmm. or his own he had money mm mm-hmm. but then how do you, the project is yes how do you do that then he said i we take loan mm-hmm. maybe for me 50 lakhs itself is a big figure for him 50 crores 100 crores loan and then build the hospital etc so initially both of us myself and my wife were worried mm-hmm. whether he is taking lot of burden how can he manage how can he repay will it be affecting in his health what happens to his profession so many things as parents right more than me mm-hmm. my wife was very much worried even now she is worried mm-hmm. whenever it takes up a new project oh sharan whatever you have already you can do why are you taking one more it will affect your health mm-hmm. then his answer is this is the time to work right and um, for me though initially i had those fears mm-hmm. but he performed the best thing is the con- one should get confidence by performance and not by mere promise mm-hmm. he has performed one or the other it is true that as i said is very ambitious mm-hmm. and he announces and the big project and within the timeline also since he has proved it by performance one after the other i am not at all scared now i am i am rather happy and proud all right let him do let him build his empire further so that's the way and i tell my wife no 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 don't worry at this stage having proved and he is he is, he is not only mere entrepreneur he can guide hundreds of entrepreneurs now to start up i i agree uh, that's that's the reason why i am not at all scared but i'm the, i'm on the other on the other hand i am very confident mm-hmm. that uh, he takes appropriate decision at appropriate time and perform it that's very very clear to me i am not at all worried I, i'll repeat i am confident and i am proud that he is doing it 
So kudos to you, Dr. Patel, with that kind of reinforced confidence. I'm sure we're going to witness a lot more coming from you and from your organization. Right. So that brings me to a question uh, where I, you know, you have always been replacing safe spaces with brave spaces. Okay. So when you're doing this, what is the conversation like with your father during these uptick moves of yours? I, I, I really think that's my job mm-hmm. to replace safe spaces with brave places. Mm-hmm. Uh, firstly, I'll tell you where I come from. I come from privilege. Uh, I've had the best childhood, great upbringing, best education, exposure, global exposure. And I feel very privileged, almost to the point of feeling obliged to give it back to the society. Because I feel I'm being tested with all the privileges, what I do out of my life. Mm -hmm. So with all these uh, attributes uh, and the circumstances I'm placed in, if I cannot do my little bit to change the narrative in and around mm-hmm. uh, healthcare and in and around where I live and work, uh, I would be doing a lot of injustice. And that's a firm conviction of mine. And I pretty much discuss most things over the dining table with mm-hmm. my father and mother. Mm-hmm. And each time I'm looking at their nod mm-hmm. and looking at their encouragement. Um, but as this this was a stage when I would constantly discuss most things, and uh, I needed that reinforcement, and they they uh, give me that go ahead uh, to do that. Obviously, uh, as Father was saying, I was very persuasive in whatever I did. Um, but now uh, it's changed a little bit. They're much older than mm-hmm. what they were a few years right. ago, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I love to share only good news with them. And uh, I Did don't you know want uh, anything which stresses me, anything which is adverse. Uh, I I don't want to share that with them, to be honest, because I like at this a stage of life uh, for them to just have the joy of living and seeing... Uh, all of us uh, doing what we are doing in the, with the lens of joy and um, accomplishment. Yeah. So um, not only at this point am I very reflective listening to what, what you're saying because it is um, just this most beautiful thing of you saying that I now filter and share only what is nice to keep them in a good space is, is a lot of you going back and protecting them, right? And um, the way you continuously push yourself out of your comfort zone, okay? What, what part of your early childhood, okay, was, was something that you can recall and remember where you, you know, you had your father always telling you to either push over and above because you very clearly said, I'm a product of privilege. So you had the option of being a brat, clearly. But you didn't become a brat. And yet both of you are so grounded and so humble one of the reasons, you know, we wanted to have you on this podcast is because in all authenticity, you're like extremely real and extremely grounded. I don't, I can't recall success getting into your heads at all. So, right. so I'm very keen to understand that, you know, 
what part? What were those words which your father kept telling you when you were younger that became a part of you? Yeah, it's very interesting. Let me tell you an anecdote. He would say, uh, I mean, just now also mm-hmm. he said, I wish I had this privilege, I would have gone much further. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, uh, th- that very equation mm-hmm. suggests that you are supposed to go much further. Um, I, would, I would say, like you said, um, it's very easy. I, I would say you didn't have a choice to come up in life because you had streetlights mm-hmm. to read. Mm-hmm. I have all the privileges and I have enough comfort to get distracted. If I'm not getting distracted with that, I'm doing better than you, mm-hmm. was an was a argument what I would have, have with dad. But it was always indicative mm-hmm. from childhood mm-hmm. that if I had m- more money with me, I would send you to the better schools in the country. If I had your privileges, I would do much more. And the most famous song he told us all the time, and mm-hmm. I'm suddenly recollecting now uh, that particular song. I don't know if you remember that, Dad. Uh, but it says, Aasun ko pasine mein badlo, naseeb, uh, mehnat se naseeb nikalta hai, ye itna hi sach hai, jitna suraj roj nikalta hai. Wow. So I, that, I, was, that was a song which I've heard him say all the time, you know, come on, I, I, uh, work hard. I, I'll just interrupt sure, you. Sir, Only sure, for the purpose, sure, of, sure, purpose of song. Yeah, yeah. I have been always telling them because that has impacted me so much that mm-hmm. it's a song from a film, which film I don't know. Mehnat se naseeb badalta hai, itna hai sach hai ki har roz suraj nikalta hai. Perfect. मेहनत से नसीब बदलता है ये इतना ही सच है कि हर रोज सूरज निकलता है एम्फेसाइजिंग ऑन दी हार्ड वर्क एम्फेसाइजिंग ऑन हार्ड वर्क अंडरस्टैंड इन फैक्ट फॉर द फॉर आर लिस्नर्स आई जस्ट ट्रांसलेट वट बोथ डॉक्टर पाटिल एंड जस्टिस पाटिल वर सेंग इन हिंदी इट जस्ट मीन्स दैट यू नो एज श्योर शॉर्ट एज द सन राइज एज लॉन्ग एज यू कंटिन्यू टू वर्क हार्ड Okay, success is not going to be running away or going distant from you. So success, take success for granted, provided you work very hard, That's and it's as sure-shotted as the sunrise, right? Fantastic, and 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 I'm just um, yeah, that that's exactly those indicative words is what kept you from falling off. I I guess the I, I guess the ecosystem in which uh, the values were built. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would always dad. I've always seen him. keeping good company mm-hmm. uh, that was one of the most uh, impactful things what happened in our childhood we always saw good people visiting our homes i would sneak into the conversation between these people and so much of positivity so much of concern for the society so much of wanting to be part of the contributing side rather than uh, squeezing the best out of society you know that those were the kind of things you grew up with and and uh, as always your dad is your hero when you're growing up and you always want to Im- it gets into your dna quite easily and and i guess um material luxuries or uh, uh, they were never uh, we've never seen growing up they being uh, something which were worn as medals mm-hmm. on the shirt uh, it was always about how they made feel others which were told us proud stories not how much of uh, money was made so i think i think that that leaves a lasting uh, impression because uh, uh, 
you need you need uh, money and wealth uh, to live well uh, live a life of dignity but it's more important mm-hmm. uh, to be a giver and a contributor mm-hmm. that's the environment in which i grew, grew up. up so it came naturally i think in some ways i've got a long way to go but uh, phenomenal uh, but phenomenal. that's the way it is yeah. phenomenal so on on that note where he said you know uh, your dad is your greatest hero and i believe it is for you his father is his greatest hero so that makes you an amazing role model to whom he looked up to right at what stage or uh, what incident kind of indicated to you that now i need to stop parenting dr patel uh from the beginning mm-hmm. in our family i can put it this way uh i was very democratic in the house mm-hmm. even pr- right from the beginning i have never advised them mm-hmm. or dictated them or told them to do this you should do this or that no as i said mentioned earlier when they were children most of the time we were together on the dining table mm-hmm. i used the dining table as a platform for putting across my ideas without advising them but creating impact on them mm-hmm. it is not on one day it is over the over the years these things get one example i'll just say uh, there are two places like uh, courts and hospitals people do not come to these places for entertainment or uh, or just to spend time or for a picnic mm-hmm. they come with pains and problems yes how it one statement has impacted him in that context i am quoting this mm-hmm. when poor clients used to come to me mm-hmm. i i to put it precisely i used to work and serve them without charging any money and later in life and i became something mm-hmm. i became chief justice of a high court of rajasthan there was a felicitation function to me okay then i said in my speech there are i'm conscious there are persons who are more competent more and more hard working than me mm-hmm. but i got uh, this opportunity of becoming the chief justice of high court mm-hmm. besides or apart from my hard work whatever competence etc there are prayers of the large number of poor people mm-hmm. whom i have helped or worked and their prayers also contribute uh, for the present position i have Mm-hmm. that that statement i that at that stage and in that function i made a statement for the services rendered mm-hmm. poor people pray rich people pay mm. payment has value but prayer is invaluable right so i said it applies to profession of law profession of doctor etc i told him prayer is more powerful than payment Mm. poor people pay and rich people pray right. and this statement he has lived this statement now right right from 2006 when the hospital even on the day of opening of the first hospital i had said this elsewhere he has quoted this but more than that 
I'm happy that he's practicing it. Even now, either it is for a Guru Vandana, Guru Namana, or Parsvachana, or in discount to the poor people, patients, that is, it is everyday job. But this is in the back of the mind. And, and when was that, sir? What age was he or what stage uh, was it when you realized that he is an independent individual now and I don't need to watch over him? Yeah. Was uh, it early uh, teens? Uh, not early, but uh, when he went abroad for doing his MCH mm-hmm. and uh, after he returned to India, mm-hmm. joined the Manipal Hospital mm-hmm. and at that stage... Within a short time, he became quite popular as, as a consultant, mm, surgeon mm. there. And the way, as he said, often we discuss and talk on the mm, dining table. Mm. From the discussions and from the way he was thinking, I felt that uh, I, I don't think I should advise or say anything more. He is capable of deciding what is good for him. Maybe at that stage, uh, even earlier, I did not constantly, as mm-hmm. I said, I never mm-hmm. advised or imposed my views. We were discussing very frankly like friends uh-huh. rather than father and son uh, when he came out of the college. Wow. Of course, still college level, probably yeah. I had something to say. But once completed his MS and went abroad mm-hmm. and he did, I don't know whether you know it, uh, MCH when he did mm-hmm. uh, his admission was denied for the first time on the ground that though he was fit and suitable mm-hmm. on the ground that he is very young he oh had to wait God. for one year to get only on the ground that because even now perhaps he is the youngest person to get MCH from Liverpool so and see, one more reason for you to be proud uh, of him all of these things together I said oh my son is capable of doing himself then I, I made it a policy. All right, whenever he discusses with me, I listen to him. If he seeks anything from me, whatever I could, I could do that. But I stopped saying to him because he is capable. From that stage, I stopped. That. All right. So that is what your father, Justice Patel, says that that was the indicative moment when you went on to do your MCH in Liverpool, UK. But Dr. Patel, when did you feel the change of guard and when did you feel you were being treated as a as a full-fledged adult and your decisions were now being listened to at home? I think it's a very gradual transition. It's extremely difficult to pinpoint and say that's where it happened. Uh, I, I would say the ratio has changed, but it's never over. Mm-hmm. So I still have my self-doubts and still have a lot of confusion in the mind. And when I need clarity, I still go to him. Mm-hmm. And and what he says comes out of phenomenal experience. I don't want to lose the advantage of that huge experience <laughs> given to me, unadulterated. Uh, and that's, that's my go-to whenever I'm in a dilemma. Uh, but like I said, it's a transition which happened and uh, um, pretty much we know the boundary where I take control mm-hmm. and uh, where I give away the control because uh, when it comes to uh, health, when it comes to uh, what's the lifestyle he needs to lead, uh, there is a role reversal now. So 
mm-hmm. I pretty much call the shots. Right. Uh, but when it comes to my children and how uh, they should be brought up and what uh, 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 what are the things uh, the decisions made uh, in this in that direction mm-hmm. is still his call is the final call. So there is a transition. Balance has shifted. So, so the never boss gone. at home it keeps moving depending. Well, Depending right? on the situation. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that that corner office at home has keeps switching between the two of you. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Right. Um, so, Justice Patel, when does your son come to you for advice or for or to share? And what are those times when he doesn't come to you but goes to your wife, his mother? Uh, I think if it is a professional side or. Uh, hospitals or health care issues involving uh, mm-hmm. uh, public interest etc invariably shares with me mm-hmm. when they relate to the family matters or uh, something general mm-hmm. uh, he will go to them but most of, mostly both of us are together mm-hmm. my wife and myself whenever it comes and meets she will be also listener and he <laughs> talks to both of us simultaneously but focusedly he has again bifurcation some matters mm-hmm. he need not talk to me he mm-hmm. talks to the mother only okay. because those are the matters she is in a better position to say in terms of family relationship children mm-hmm. here and there and that way mm-hmm. that's that's something that so so on do you and your mother have any secrets that you don't necessarily bring your father on board um is there anything that you want to tell your dad now it is about dad then it's a secret between us <laughs> <laughs> okay so there's otherwise there's nothing else that you know yeah. you and your mother but mom is always concerned mm-hmm. about uh, dad and uh, the amount of work he does and mm-hmm. the traveling he undertakes and sometimes he stretches beyond his uh, his age mm-hmm. and those are the concerns she shares with me constantly and uh, I uh, my mom and me have a completely dif- different relationship against dad and me my mom and me are at loggerheads mm-hmm. quite often uh, that's our way of relationship mm-hmm. and uh, I don't necessarily agree with her she doesn't agree with me um, but we know deep down uh, all the love and affection is so rooted um, and I have to counter her saying this is what keeps him healthy and keeps what keeps him going and he is wise enough to take care of himself just allow him to be and this kind of things but otherwise um I, i in general there are not too many secrets in our family by and large so you all don't play good cop bad cop when it comes to your father that's between me and my wife with my children oh, uh, not, so with mom, not, not with mom not with mom you don't play good cop bad cop okay okay so you're in a safe place yes. yeah yes. yes good yes good so now my um when you disagree with your son justice patel Okay how do you show disagreement is it in a very civil polite way or you just you know cold shoulder him and uh, become quiet what's your mode I can tell you that <laughs> <laughs> Yes Okay okay go ahead <laughs> So uh, I keep I mean it, it's uh, unbelievable patience unbelievable control over over emotions is my dad mm-hmm. and um, if he's upset he's angry and he is not agreeing with you 
the biggest weapon he has got is silence. Mm -hmm. He goes quiet. If he is not acknowledging you, if he has gone quiet, you know he's absolutely the most angry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's his expression. Um, there are very few instances in my entire life where I remember him losing his temper. Mm -hmm. uh, not that it's never happened, but it's extremely rare, extremely rare. Uh, he's a very um, proper person uh, in every way. Mm -hmm. And um, it's amazing how much he cares for everybody around. Mm -hmm. uh, even in those testing times, he doesn't want to hurt anybody. And uh, he... And, and he swallows all the emotions mm -hmm. to a large extent and keeps it to himself. And he goes quiet is the biggest punishment we have ever had. I may just add here, sure. when I was practicing in Bangalore as an advocate in the High Court, mm -hmm. I had a number of juniors. Uh, among them, four of them became High Court judges. One went up to the Supreme Court. Unfortunately, is no more now. He was telling in a function mm -hmm. publicly, uh, our senior never talks angry to us, mm -hmm. never says anything even if I committed mistakes mm -hmm. or we don't work, etc. Mm -hmm. But he would just remain silent. Right. He told it would have been better that he had slapped Mm -hmm. rather than remaining silent mm -hmm. because his silence was so very uh, uncomfortable to us. Mm -hmm. That means we have committed a mistake. That's why senior is not talking to us. Mm -hmm. That was more painful. He would have called and told us you have committed a mistake or even slapped would not have won. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. for me, it has become, it is rather my nature. We don't shout at the people. I don't hurt the people generally. Leave us at family members. So if I did not approve or I did not agree or something they have done against, against my wishes or my thinking, I would not shout, I would not uh, say anything except they adopt silence. Mm. And that is a most effective language which conveyed my feelings and my discomfort. And that would, that would have led to correct themselves. That's the way I Very powerful, extremely <laughs> powerful way because I think it gives the others time to reflect and time to, you know, right, right. recollect what they've done and come to an understanding. That's right. Right? That's right. Yeah. So, so, sir, from the way I understand you, to a large extent, you and your son both are perfectionists, okay? Uh, but at the same time, it's also that as perfectionists, there are points when you're very sensitive and vulnerable to setbacks, failures, or harsh feedback. So there must have been times in your life when you were in a difficult position, like say, between a rock and a hard place, or in a dilemmatic situation, right? During those times, sir, can you recall any incident where your son has come and actually given you advice, you know, outside of healthcare? that has actually helped you to come out of that situation? Outside the healthcare? Outside of any health advice. Okay. Has there ever been a time when you were in a dilemmatic situation and Dr. Patel has come to you as a son and been able to advise you out of that situation? Do you recall anything? Uh, uh, I'm not able to recall any things, but 
certainly whenever i had to take decisions or in a situations where was in oscillation mm-hmm. uh, i i did and do talk to sharan mm-hmm. and uh, certainly uh, he will speak out and say many a times in the dilemma or in the oscillation uh, his uh, suggestions or his talk were acceptable to me mm. and they were good and i did accept such such situations are there i cannot pinpoint mm-hmm. but this as a character it is so mm-hmm. he, he used to whenever i i am on i feel whether i should do this or that in such situation for a wise counsel i talk to mason without hesitation wonderful wonderful and and at that point uh, do you naturally tell him what you feel or is it sometimes that you know you have to think harder because it's not going to be easy to give counsel to your father no um i i i think there are two things you always take into consideration when you are discussing these matters one is objectively what probably is a right. is the right thing to do mm-hmm. and second is subjective mm-hmm. it may be the right thing to do but knowing him over the years is is it within his realm or is it within his personality and character to go after this solution mm-hmm. uh, so either either the the sub- objectively the cause is not worth it or subjectively he is not the right person both things i would take into consideration to say my mind as it is without any hesitation that's, that's right yeah because um i, I mean uh, you you have the best interest of not only you have the best interest of him and you also have no what what the whole uh, cause is uh, from from the societal point of view because i'm far more in the depth of it now than he is mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. experience is a lot but i probably know more currently what is happening in the world yes. so it's either me or my brother or my sister all of us uh, as a family come together very very strongly when there is a situation a decision to be made and that's by and large unadulterated and very forthright we might disagree but we would never hesitate to say what we have to say that That's fantastic right. so which means that it's a high trust that you enjoy and yes. a high trust that you've reposed back in your children that allows them to come back and talk to you true, about true and i should say that uh, my wife meena mm. is uh, probably his closest counsel mm. and um, they both are absolutely uh, get along great and um, uh, meena's counsel mm. uh, very objectively she comes from the fourth angle so mm-hmm. so you'd say and there that's great value uh, so, what adds to the conversation so her candor is is something that really helps to look at the situation objectively right unfiltered candor that meena would bring into the situation that's right that's right 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 so while growing up okay while growing up did you ever um, did you ever feel there's a downside to being justice patel's son that's that's um I, i to be honest um, uh, as a young guy you would get recognized because you're so and so son mm-hmm. sometimes uncomfortably um, but i have to say uh, over all these years one thing i can go and talk in any forum 
whether it is lawyers, doctors, politicians, bureaucrats, anywhere. One thing I can surely stand up and say, um, Justice Shivraj Patel's son, mm-hmm. um, without the fear of contradiction on, on any of his, the way he has led his life. And that's the biggest blessing. All I get each time I mention his name in any corner of this mm-hmm. uh, state or uh, in any forum is pure goodwill. And uh, I'm blessed with that. So um, I've, I've never s- looked at it as uh, a negative at any point of time, but it's exactly the opposite. It has really pivoted me uh, in every situation. People trust me mm-hmm. um, uh, just because I inherit his genes and I signed up hospital deals and people have said, I don't even want to read the document. I'll sign on the dotted line because you're just a Shuraj Patel's son. And that's been the biggest gift um, any parent can give to a child. And, and that's the kind of goodwill I inherit. Uh, okay. Yes, sir. I voluntarily join here. Mm. Uh, I'm rather, I can't uh, resist. resist my temptation. <laughs> <coughs> Many people and they meet me about uh, Dr. Sharon Patil or my senior advocate Supreme Court Basavapru Patil. Mm. Oh, they are your sons. They have come up so well because they have your background and mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. But I have always said to them, and I say now again, I have told both my sons, there are uh, sons of many judges. Mm-hmm. Just... Um, but all of them not have become achieved or achievers. They may be survivors. They have not become great. But you have been successful. Sharon, if you have grown so much, when people compliment and they say, oh, your son, etc., I have invariably told them, don't give 100% credit to me. Mm-hmm. If judges' sons have to come up, all sons of all judges would have achieved. Mm-hmm. But how you have become great? Why? It is not merely background. Mm-hmm. It is your ability, your hard work. And all that goes in for making the success show. Uh, although he is very proud of me and he said all these things, mm-hmm. but uh, I must say that in his making, mm-hmm. he, has him, he has played himself a tremendous role. Mm-hmm. Maybe a background is there a little, but I give credit to him. And I must add that in some places I am introduced, although he said that wherever he mm-hmm. has gone on whatever platforms or whomsoever I met, people know me and all that, that's okay. But there were some places where I was introduced, he is Justice Patil, Dr. Sharon's father. Wow. And, and how did that make you feel at that um, point? Uh, and uh, mostly people said, Justice Shivaraj Patelson. Okay. But in some forums they said, he is father of Dr. Sharon. Mm. You know, I was so happy and elated. Mm-hmm. Oh, and for a father, if son becomes more popular and is well-known well or better known to the society, I think it's the greatest uh, pleasure and satisfaction. If he says it is the greatest blessing, for me it is the greatest pleasure that he is my son. 
How lovely is that? Lovely. So, so right there when he says, you know, when Justice Patel says it's the greatest elation and pleasure to be, you know, your father, do you, late at night, by yourself, do you ever have the fear of disappointing your father? Well, um, I, I think, uh, like you said, he has never set expectations uh, as as this is what you need to do. So in that sense, I'm not really worried about disappointing him, but I always feel I have to measure up to him mm-hmm. and I have to make him proud. Mm-hmm. So, and, and you know, um, y- you always want his approval and uh, him to uh, feel, uh, I- I'd love that situation where people will, go and tell him that your son operated uh, mm. on me and I'm better. And uh, that is the kind of um, give back for me to him uh, that he has um, produced a son who's useful to the society. I, I just uh, sure. a sort of rejoinder I would mm. add. Mm. There are people whom I know mm-hmm. if, the, if their parents or for that matter somebody if his father is well well placed, mm-hmm. either in the political field or in judiciary, whatever field, medical field, and uh, both my sons, they have never misused my name. Mm. They have never taken advantage, leave aside undue advantage. I agree. And I agree. They, have, they have come up, on the other hand, they are not using my name. I'm so happy mm-hmm. they have brought credit to me. So so when they were younger, so I'm just going to interrupt. When they yes. were younger, yes. you must have also had certain fears as to, you know, you've seen numerous examples yes, of, yes. you know, privilege yes. being misused. Yes. So did you have any of those kind of fears? Uh, will my sons misuse my no, name? No, not at that stage really. Mm-hmm. Because the situation came up only later. Mm-hmm. In the early period when they were children, mm-hmm. uh, question of using my name, misusing, doesn't, did not arise because I myself did not grow to that level. Right. Only when after I became a judge, or particularly when I became a Supreme Court judge mm-hmm. and well known in the society, at that stage, uh, people are there, go and misuse the name or take undue advantage. Mm-hmm. No, they have never taken undue advantage. Mm-hmm. They have never misused my name. On the other hand, they have brought a good name to me. Oh, people, large number of people meet me because, uh, as he rightly puts it, I'm a people's man. I, meet, I, I like meeting people. People meet me. And number of his patients, when I go to the district place here and there, mm-hmm. they tell me, Sir, it is because of your son I am able to walk like this. And uh, they say, he is so humble, he talks to well, excellent quality, very nice hospital, all people are good, right from the uh, reception onwards till they go back home, mm-hmm. whether nurses or consultants or doctors, and they just praise him, extraordinary. We are today all right. And recently I had gone to Gulbarga. One lady, I'm forgetting her name, mm-hmm. some engineer's wife or so, 
she had a problem in the joints and some other problems. And she told, Sir, today if I am like this, it is because of your son. Mm-hmm. And so much so that he is second God to me. She has kept her, his photograph in our puja room. What more I... You, how you. I feel so much. Such instances are there. So many people come and talk. Who went to your Sparsh hospital, your mm-hmm. son's hospital. Mm-hmm. It is so nice. He is doing so well. He is so good. So I simply enjoy. You enjoy that. That's ah, that's so lovely. Ah, that is so lovely. Ah. So, so I'm going to go a little more into a reflective state, sir. But three years ago when you were diagnosed with cancer, yes. and in your autobiography, you have mentioned... Somewhere a very, very uh, poignant line yeah. where you've connected the purpose of your son becoming a doctor. That's true. Right? To your curative stage. Yes. Right? So I'd like you, if you're comfortable, to share a few I, anecdotes about what you went through on that hospital bed. C- certainly. Yeah. Uh, I'll just go back a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally, children adopt the profession of their father. Yeah. A lawyer's son becomes a lawyer, a doctor's son becomes a lawyer. Obviously, there are so advantages are there. Sharon, from his student days, mm-hmm. uh, from the, in the high school itself, I have observed him. He was a very good debater. Mm-hmm. He used to win the first prize in the debating competitions in the school. He was a sportsman, mm-hmm. a, a, a cricket player. So, sportsmanship qualities and uh, debating qualities and uh, his way of talking to the people etc. I have observed from the beginning uh, so over the years when he completed his uh, PUC and all that I felt that he should be a lawyer mm-hmm. and he was also interested to become a lawyer because he is good at that speaking and talking convincing and all that so but at one stage, people felt that why not he should be a doctor? Because that medical college, mm-hmm. which runs, uh, the, there is a HK Society in Gulbarga. Mm-hmm. That medical college is run by them. Mm-hmm. I was their legal advisor. To cut mm-hmm. short, uh, I rendered a lot of service to them. I expected, because in this, the discretion they had, mm-hmm. they would give seat to my son. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I had shifted over to Bangalore. I was no more in Gulbarga. Mm-hmm. Some small minds, for some reasons, they did not give me a seat. Mm-hmm. Then I was really little upset also. Right. So much service I rendered, they did not give seat to my son. All right, doesn't matter, he will do law. That was our thinking. Mm-hmm. But after some time, they realized their mistake. The people of management came home and said, please take the seat to your son. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was really upset. I said, I, did, I don't want to take it now. Mm-hmm. He will do law. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> then a well-wisher from Gulbarga, by name Baswaraja Papa, from mm-hmm. the temple, priestly yeah, class. Yeah. He said, no, no, if they have come on their own, you forget, mm-hmm. don't get angry, mm-hmm. you get him. Then we decided to send him to medical college. Right. This is the turning point. I am, why I am coming to the point right. there. Then he joined almost four months or six months later. Mm-hmm. But I must say to his credit, he made it up, he worked hard, 
and uh, completed his uh, MBBS in one go. Wow. With this disadvantage also. Mm-hmm. Rest of it, uh, all, everything is known his career. But when I felt this for the first time, importance of him mm-hmm. and importance of the medical profession and importance of the hospital was when I was on the bed mm-hmm. in Sparsh Hospital. Mm-hmm. And uh, the day, to be precise, on 15th August, 2019 uh, when I was diagnosed with mm-hmm. this malignancy he was shocked up and he came with, along with the Dr. Shaker Patil, a medical oncologist mm-hmm. and they told me what it is and uh, I, I took it all right I accept what it comes and we'll do it in this connection I must say three things I could get the best of the medical aid possible in the world for me. Yeah. That is because of Sharon. Mm. Two, I have a large number of well-wishers who prayed for my well-being. Mm. Three, above these two, God's grace. Mm. And those suggestions were there, whether I could get surgery done in USA or in Mumbai and all that. Mm. But I was clear. I said I'll be comfortable only in Sparch Hospital where my son, in my son's hospital to get your medical care. So, he did it, he plunged into action, he did what best could be done and ultimately surgery was done. I'm back, it's all, almost three years. In the hospital, mm-hmm. on, uh, first time in my 80 years, I went to an hospital where I was admitted. Even I had Earlier, even for a day, I was not in the hospital. I started lying on the bed, looking to the hospital. On one side, oh, it is my son's hospital, such a nice hospital he has built and mm. all that. Mm. On the other side, my problem. But at that stage, I felt, and I told him, and I told many others, Sharon, you did not become a lawyer. Mm. Probably, for my good, you have become the doctor. The turning point, you have become the doctor. For me, apart from the society, yeah, etc. Yeah. And when the recovery was there, totally complete, mm-hmm. he, he said one sentence. In those two years, 20 and 21, so many events have taken place, so many things have happened ar- around him, mm-hmm. but the greatest event was that my recovery. Yeah. And in his own words, he said, we have won the battle. Absolutely. In your recovery, we have won the battle. That's how... Sharon became a doctor for the society and he became a doctor for me, which uh, as a father I should not thank or acknowledge, but still I feel, I should say this, I gratefully acknowledge his wonderful service to me. How do you feel? So, a question I'm going to ask you, a little bit of a hypothetical question. So there was this movie in 2003 called Freaky Friday. So this was a movie in which um, Lindsay Lohan and um, Jamie Lee Curtis played a teenage daughter and a mother. And suddenly something happens on a Friday and their roles switch. Okay? So assume a Freaky Friday happens here and then you become Justice Partle and your father becomes Dr. Partle. Right? What is the one thing you will not do 
or allow your son to do? Well, that's as uh, freaky question. <laughs> so it's <laughs> a tough one. So what would I not want my son to do? Um, it's it's. Uh, I really have to imagine what would I not want him to do. I I, I think. Um, the, the age in me mm-hmm. uh, would have wanted my son uh, to take less risks mm-hmm. and um, play it safe. And um, and that, that's probably what I would have asked my son not to do. Do you, do you in this stage, as the father, Justice Patel, is that the advice you would uh, give uh, him to? Uh, I would, I, certainly. That's the right advice I consider. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I would have again balanced it. I would I would have taken it's, it's, such advice would have been well taken. Mm-hmm. But by my experience in life, mm-hmm. I would not I would not venture to take risk even otherwise also. Okay. Okay. I would not have venture to take risk otherwise also. So if you were the son, yes. I'm assuming now the roles are swapped. Yes. You are the son, and he's the father. Okay. Right. He's clearly said. I will advise my son not to take that many risks. Yes. And as the son, what would you do? Would you continue to take risks like how your, in reality your son is doing or uh, would you? No, I, I would not continue. I would play safe. <laughs> <laughs> so you're clearly the outlier in the family. <laughs> clearly the outlier in the family. So does the curse of knowledge, okay, both of you carry tremendous knowledge and the curse of knowledge, does that become a hindrance when you are nurturing the next generation of the family? To both of you, this question. Yes. And how do you all deal with it? Um, I, think, I think one needs to... Uh, I, I mean, look, look at the way uh, my upbringing was. There's a lot to learn uh, from what my parents gave me as, uh, as an upbringing. I... I as always, there are aspirations, but there was no pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I would think the the entire repository of your knowledge and experience, uh, even though you want to transmit everything to your children by Wi-Fi and Bluetooth it, but it doesn't work like that. So I think one, uh, one, one has to sit back and allow um, things to happen. And uh, I would not put the burden of that, even though natural expectations are high. And more and more as my children are growing up, it's amazing how I've started believing in the in in the DNA, in the in the gene mm-hmm. coding. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the values and the qualities uh, pretty much get naturally imbibed. And I would very strongly believe. Uh, that advice never really works. Children will learn and imitate what you do rather than what they hear. Uh, so I, I'm I'm becoming more and more comfortable uh, with the thought that they will have their own trajectory in life and I would not impose or um, set any expectations uh, from them. And uh, that's the way I would like. I, w- I would like to think that's no burden at all. Right, right. So uh, just as we're coming towards the last set of questions, Justice Patel, um, it's very natural for success to get into the heads, especially of um, 
since you've been possibly the first generation who's had to work from dust and come to dignity, I'm going to quote your that's, title here. That, that's right. Um, so for you, perhaps it has always been a, you know, a conscious thing and you've savored success. But when it comes to the third generation and their own, perhaps, these things are almost unheard of, right? And yet it is very important to keep everybody humble. So as the patriarch in the house, what are the subtle things that you do ignite and inspire to make sure that nobody is off the track or that the guardrails aren't dropped? Uh, from the beginning, I have, as I said, our approach had been very democratic in the family. Mm -hmm. I never imposed my, my views or dictated that it should be done in a particular way. Mm -hmm. I used to share. Mm -hmm. And by my own example, they used to follow automatically. Sometime back in 2010, to be precise, Sharon and my son Baso Prabhupati, my daughter, and my family members organized a 70th birthday function. Okay. In that, my younger son Baso Prabhupati became so emotional, he started crying. Mm -hmm. And he, while speaking, he said, my father never imposed anything or told, but we are today here like this. We have just learned by watching him. So, Without telling them in so many words, the our image itself and our way we can the way we conduct ourselves will have impact on the children. But they have been seeing, and I I also feel humility is a great human quality, mm -hmm. and it is in fact I can say it is a virtue, and uh, it should never turn one's head. I am conscious of this fact. I am a greatest beneficiary of humility more than others. How is that? I can tell you. The moment uh, people come, ac I come across the people or whosoever meets me, whether it's a big or small, um, whatever may be position or position in his life, mm -hmm. I treat them alike. Mm -hmm. I treat them respectfully. Mm -hmm. I call them by name. I'll talk to them, make them very comfortable, very consciously also so that they should not feel hurt and they should not think that I become a very big man now. Mm -hmm. So I'm ignoring them. I am ever conscious of this. That is the reason till today, even now, people come, come around, meet. The quality is the humility. Fantastic. And uh, it has never gone to, as you said earlier, whatever position I have uh, occupied, mm -hmm. but that has never gone to my head because I know the positions come and go or their, their tenure is also fixed. Mm. But ultimately, human relationship must be maintained. Positions and possessions may change, but human relations should, should ever remain unaltered. And I've experienced that with you, that I don't think at any point your status or your position in society has ever come as a barrier. Not at all. In accessibility or in approachability with you. Not at all. I, uh, I affirm it. That absolutely. is a fact. Absolutely, this, fact. this is absolutely authentic. So, so when when you um, you know when you say that, it just reminds me that it's um, it's absolutely essential to be very simple. So just simplify everything. Be nice. That's right. Um, it's not a choice. It's something that will enable you more than anybody else. And Abs absolutely, absolutely, because uh, simplicity itself is a great achievement, according to me. 
and which is very visible the dna coding your son just said and and he said the same thing before you spoke that, that it's dna coding that's right that itself is uh, so I'll, we hold a view mm-hmm. both uh, i speak for myself and for him also mm-hmm. uh, in our life money and property they are not everything mm-hmm. i for one or rather we for that particular proposition that we want to have enough for a respectable living right may not be luxurious living yeah that's good enough for us and dressed is for working absolutely <laughs> and and i think the greatest privilege is the freedom to work yes. and the freedom to make an impact yeah? i think that's very few people have that and one should not misuse that privilege fabulous so dr patel okay what is the fantasy that keeps you awake at night especially about tomorrow since i've become an entrepreneur my exposure has been uh, phenomenal mm-hmm. um trained as an orthopedic surgeon and there is so much of learning which happens there but turning into an entrepreneur is has completely exploded my world so much of learning and so many wonderful people i meet who are so inspiring every night i come out with a new thought and a new idea and most of them are directed uh, they're very i would say there's a lot of possibility to implement them like they say god gives you dreams and wakes you up in the morning to go and achieve them um so each of my dreams from the platform which i have available with me mm-hmm. they're all a possibility mm-hmm. and that's what keeps me excited um th- this platform of what sparsh has given uh makes it also a possibility to turn dreams into reality and there is a that action bias how do i get up and make this happen and uh, the restlessness comes from there and um, and and this world requires so much of innovation so much of change healthcare is, is an area which is dear to every living human being mm-hmm. and we are so shallow in 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 this field of work there's minuscule few get the luxury of good healthcare while it should never be the luxury it should be pretty much the norm to get good healthcare and and more than ever before in the history of the world this looks like a possibility today the the technology the science we should be able to reach globally we should be able to convert healthcare as the basic right of every living human being uh, so so when these possibilities look mm-hmm. not so far uh, restlessness bound to be there and 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 being in that position of of be able to contribute towards this is the most exciting i look forward to every new day waking up and and trying to do something in this direction fantastic fantastic and sir justice patel to you okay what is the kind of imprint you want to create tomorrow uh i for one one for one to live for himself is not great mm-hmm. to live for others is really great so i should ever 
remain relevant and useful to the society. If this society or even family members have to love and respect me, mm-hmm. I must myself remain relevant and useful, so long I am alive. So, the few things, the imprint in a sense for everybody, uh, which I have been repeatedly saying, mm-hmm. uh, hard work, honesty and humility mm-hmm. get blessed by divinity. True. So, everybody, I, I have lived the life in my own way within my limitations, adopting these things. Mm-hmm. Possibly, this I leave for others as an imprint for their success in their life and for their utility in their life. Lovely, lovely. So, just before we close, is there anything at all that in these 83 years, okay, and obviously in the many years that you've been Dr. Sharon Patel's father, that you have not said to him before. And if there's one thing you would like to tell him that you've not told him before, what would that be? I do require some time to think over what Please take your time. Take your time. I would say, go ahead, mm-hmm. do as much as you can do. Mm-hmm. God has given you the health, life and opportunity. Mm-hmm. But as a father, I say, do it, but take care of your health. Lovely, lovely. And, I, I, and mm-hmm. reach, uh, reach and touch as many lives as possible in your life. Okay. Have you heard that before? No. Not not the reach not, and not, touch. Not, 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 not in these words. Right, right. And Dr. Patil, has there ever been a what-if thought in your mind, but you've never expressed it to your father? Yeah, I can quickly... Uh, something comes to my mind so instantly... Uh, this is this 80th birthday uh, mm-hmm. celebrations, and, and this was a massive event, and we had a huge crowd, and it was packed with speakers, and we were running late, and Dad was speaking on the, in, in the auditorium of Ravindra Kalakshetra. So I was, I was one of those people who was very conscious of time. It was getting to 2 o'clock. People haven't had their lunch. So I, I, I told Dad, I was indicating from off the stage and everywhere, <laughs> please cut your speech and let's uh, let's cut your speech and be done mm-hmm. with it because people have been hungry. I There's so much of familiarity for me. Mm-hmm. I can almost predict what is the next line he says. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much in this interview as well. I knew exactly what he's going to say. There's so much of connect mm-hmm. that I can, I can double guess what he's going to say. And that day when I did that and a year later... Mm-hmm when the diagnosis of cancer came along um, and when when it hit me, I was sobbing away the whole night and I was telling Meena that uh, I only wanted him to cut down his speech, not his life. That was emotional. So, um, 
it's not been, I guess, a regular conversation, right? And at the same time, I don't think this will be the last of our conversations, right? There's so much here. Um, I have with me Dr. Sharon Patel, currently, currently, I think, experiencing, um, experiencing one of the most powerful emotions. And I have with me, you know, Justice Patel, who's been amazingly candid, very, very authentic up front, and some beautiful father-son moments over here um, that I myself am speechless, just absorbing it all, some priceless father-son moments. And I'm sure for those listening, there will be many takeaways. However, given that all good things must come to an end, I'm going to take the liberty of calling this particular conversation to a fairly abrupt close, because I think we have so much here to discuss and we have so much to talk and this isn't the end of anything. So I'm going to put a comma here, not a full stop. And I know I have so many questions for you, but I do acknowledge that both of you have very, very busy days ahead and I'm sure we've overshot a lot of your other appointments. So let me share one last anecdote with you, Dr. Patel. Okay, when your father, Justice Patel, penned his soon-to-be-published autobiography, From Dust to Dignity, right? He mentions in this book, okay, Sharon, and I'm reading this uh, verbatim, he mentions, Sharon considers giving something to society as a privilege. It is a profound statement when acted upon. It delivers wonderful results in service of society in all walks of life. Just saying it aloud, I am getting goosebumps. So I can't even begin to imagine or fathom the gravitas of responsibility you carry with you. At the same time, you carry with you the privilege of a legacy, not just to keep it to yourself and not just to pass it on to your children and their children and so forth, but towards a larger community, towards a larger society. I am humbled by the way both of you have used your platform of life and what life has given you through adversity, through success, through opportunity to take it forward. And I really hope that a lot more people would be equally inspired to look at what life has given them and to take it forward as a privilege to do more for the others. This is not about um, an additive, but it is a quantum leap multiplier. And that's what it's done to me. It's done, I guess, to the people in the studio. And I can't wait to listen to what it'll do when this podcast is out. Right? So, Justice Patel and Dr. Patel, our conversation today will be one of the most beautiful gifts I have ever received in my life. And by saying that, I want to thank you. It would be very frugal and, to a certain extent, just polite cordiality on my part. Instead, I really want to say I am very grateful that you had the faith in this podcast, you had the faith in this platform, and you gave time to all of us, and you came over here to clarity. I'm very humbled by your authenticity and your humane personas. Both of you are very, very charming and lovely individuals, and I don't think age or I don't think status or position or success is going to take any of that away from you. Never before have I witnessed significance, intelligence, relevance, and humility, let alone in the same person, but also in the same family as demonstrated by the Patels. Like father, like son, 
both of you are enviable and truly both of you make impact contagious it's been an honor justice shivraj patel and dr sharan patel to have you here but just before you go away i'd like to quote the genius michelangelo he once said i saw an angel in the marble and i carved him out until he was free i believe that in both your own signature styles you are constantly seeing positives in others and both of you every day enable them to be the best versions of themselves and that i believe is your purpose so i want to wish you the very best of health and the very best of energy and luck for all your future endeavors and initiatives thank you so much for being on clarity thank you absolute pleasure thank, thank you. you thank you Hello listeners. I acknowledge that adapting to new patterns can be both complex and tough, but not impossible. Many of these emotions play out their own charade, making us feel low and lousy without actually knowing why. Through Clarity, a podcast series designed to create a safe space for conversations and reflections, I feel comfortable exposing my vulnerabilities with you and hope you find a connection, a meaning, and a way ahead. just in case you experience something similar if this episode of clarity strikes a chord with you share your story with us on our linkedin and instagram page vital science consults or on twitter at janvi_gurja8 and look us up at www.vitalscienceconsults.com don't forget to like share and subscribe clarity on our socials until next time then this is janvi gurja signing off thank you for listening and being in the moment with me Take care of yourselves cuz you are precious.